everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, December 30th, 2019. We are two days away from the calendar turning to 2020, which means probably for the next couple of weeks, I will still be introing this show in 2019 because that's how it always was, especially when I was at school. Like, you know, when you go back to school for the first time and you're doing a, your, your schoolwork and you fill the date out at the top. And for like the first week and a half, you still put the previous year because you were gone from school long enough and it just felt like you were still stuck in the previous year. That's likely how it's going to be uh, going for the next week or so. And I'm probably going to keep those edits in just because I'm going to have to get used to it at some point that we will be entering 2020. And if all things play to the way they should be, the Vegas Golden Knights will be entering 2020 first place in the Pacific Division. Uh, We'll touch on that in just a moment, but welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And if this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, first of all, welcome. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, you can also do that to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So here's the thing with 82 game seasons. More times than none, you're going to be wrong. And I know I've been wrong many a times, especially on this podcast, and I've been many wrong many a times in the last two years of covering this team. I don't know if I was necessarily wrong in this instance because I still think you could have gotten the same kind of production had you started Malcolm Subban against Arizona on Saturday because who in the world knows what would have happened if Marc-Andre Fleury plays on Friday. Maybe they don't take the five on three. Maybe they maybe they do better on the power on the penalty kill. Who knows, right? I mean, it, it's really a crapshoot either or. But I guess you can say I was wrong in this instance because Marc-Andre Fleury was saved for the Saturday game against Arizona, saving the Hall of Fame goaltender for this big game against a division rival with first place, sole possession of first place on the line for the Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights respond in about as great of a fashion as one could hope they would do. A 4-1 to victory over the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday giving them sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division. Uh, The Coyotes looked like a team that wasn't ready for the challenge. And, you know, you're going to see a lot of teams that may not be ready for that kind of challenge. A team that, you know, is hovering around first place, oh, the the feel-good story right now, and then all of a sudden when the time and the pressure gets gets to them, uh, they fall flat on their face. And you know what? That's That's not an indictment on the Coyotes. It's just you're facing a team in the Golden Knights that has been there and done that. They have been in these pressure packs. Well, I guess, well, you could probably say this was a pressure pack situation, knowing how Friday went and they had to respond greatly. And they did. Um, the Golden Knights are a team that have been battle, t- battle tested and that they've been in these kinds of games before where they needed to step up and perform. And that's exactly what they did on Saturday night on the heels of Mark Stone's two goals in the first period, which definitely propelled Vegas to a very, much-needed win after how Friday unfolded in Anaheim. Mark Stone has been on fire, by the way. And I know we mentioned it last week, 
that I think that Stone's been kind of flying under the radar. If 15 points in your last 10 games is flying under the radar, he's doing it better than I think anybody else could. He has been unbelievable, uh, especially after his two-goal performance on Saturday. Again, 15 points, four goals, and 11 assists in his last 10 games. He has been unbelievable. Uh, Shea Theodore with a hat trick of assists, tying his career high, set twice before. And Max Pacioretty with two assists to continue his strong play as we near the end of the calendar year. Marc-Andre Fleury made 27 saves. Didn't see a lot of heavy traffic, but he made key saves when he needed to, and when he was called upon to make those big-time saves, he absolutely did so. And the only goal allowed was great passing by Arizona, tic-tac-toe that officially led to Michael Grabner getting it right on the right on the doorstep. You deal with that. You live with those kind of... Uh, you live with those kind of goals, especially if the passing is just ridiculously good, and you take your lumps and you move on with that. So, uh, good win for the Golden Knights. Very, uh, actually, just, not just a good one, a very good win. Uh, again, Friday I think was kind of an aberration. They played well for the first, you know, twenty seven, twenty eight minutes of the game. Then that double minor happens, and uh, you know, all things just fall apart. And for the Golden Knights, how about this? The double minor on Friday led to their downfall against Anaheim. They get called for a double minor three and a half minutes into the game on Saturday against Arizona. Ryan Reeves pretty much whacks, I, I can't remember, I think it was Derek Stepan, uh, whacked him with a stick in the face. And the Golden Knights had to kill four minutes early on in the game. And they did so, killing that penalty, which was a huge momentum swing. Seconds later, Taylor Hall gets called for tripping. Golden Knights go on the power play. Mark Stone scores his first goal of the game on that power play. And from then on, it was off to the races for the Golden Knights. So here we are, December 30th, with one game to go before the calendar year is up and the Golden Knights are in first place in the Pacific Division. And if they have their way, if they can beat the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday in the early 12 o'clock noon game uh, for New Year's Eve, if the Golden Knights can win that game, they will go into 2020 with first place intact in the Pacific Division. Now, obviously, this may change if they lose because the Coyotes play, and then the new second-place Vancouver Canucks also play on New Year's Eve. So pretty much the Golden Knights need to win to ensure that they will have sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division when the calendar turns to 2020. So a big game coming up on Tuesday for the for the Golden Knights, we're we're kind of in a weird production situation with that. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, a huge game coming up for the Golden Knights as they continue their seven game homestand with the second game on Tuesday against the Anaheim Ducks. So we talked about Mark Stone and why I think he's flying under the radar so far, and he's been absolutely fantastic. But I think we need to make the case, and I think I'm going to start with it now about Max Pacioretty being an all-star this year. Now, he has never been an all-star in his NHL career, even though he's put up seasons that should be all-star caliber. Excuse me. But 40 points through 42 games for Max Pacioretty leads the Golden Knights. It's the most points he's ever had at this point of a season in his NHL career, which means he's on pace for a career high in points, which he had 67 points, I believe, twice in his NHL career. 
And obviously, Pacioretty is known for his goal scoring. But this year, the passing has really been what's been unbelievable. Uh, 24 assists, tied with Mark Stone for the team lead. William Carlson has 23. And again, William Carlson's a center. And William Carlson is probably your best passing playmaker outside of Stone. The fact that Max Pacioretty has been able to be near this point-per-game pace that he's on, and it's been primarily because of his passing, I think has been really the undertelling story of his season. And, and it's not even, you think about it, it's not even really secondary assists that's gotten him this point. A lot of his assists have come at the primary level. A lot of his assists are, you know, finding Mark Stone at the doorstep. They're, you know, tic-tac-toe passes to get Paul Stasny a goal. There, there, there are a lot of just really crisp passes that set up goals, you know, right off the uh, initial pass. And that has been really a great asset to have for the Golden Knights uh, to this point because you haven't really needed to rely on Max Pacioretty's goal scoring, even though that still remains his strongest aspect of his game. Now, you look at the Pacific Division as a whole. Outside of McDavid and Dreisaitl, there's really nobody in the Pacific Division that is close to points than Max Pacioretty. Nobody in Calgary, no, nobody else in uh, you know Arizona right now. Uh, San Jose is too far down to even be considered having to consider a forward for the All-Star game. And usually when you have you know three defensemen tie up your entire cap, you're going to send a defenseman there anyway. Um, you, you would like to think that he should get in by default, right? Because he would technically be the third best forward in the Pacific Division. And I think that, I think, what, you have to bring in six, I think, for the All-Star team. So I feel like that that would be def- by default, right? I feel like Vegas would have two representatives with him and Marc-Andre Fleury. Unless they somehow get three, that would be fantastic. I'm talking about Mark Stone. But you would have to think that outside of McDavid and Dreisaitl, that means Pacioretty should get in by default, right? I mean, the way that he's been scoring, and you look at the other forwards in the scoring department in the Pacific Division, and no one's really close. So I look at that, and I'm like, well, maybe by that account, Pacioretty should be getting in by default, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think the fact that Flurry was the lone representative last year, and I, d- and I don't think that'll be the case this year just because, one, they're in first place. Two, it's not just Marc-Andre Flurry carrying the load, and they actually have guys that are scoring and are getting paid to score at the rate that they are. Um, I, think, I think for a good – the fact that it's a career year right now for Max Pacioretty is on pace for – you know, 70-some-odd points this season, which would be a career best. Um, I I don't see why not. I don't see why Max Petrae shouldn't be an All-Star this year, and I think that we need to start talking about it a little more. Because I, I know the the All-Star format now in the NHL is completely ridiculous. I mean, I don't know why we're relegated to a three-on-three tournament. I don't know what was wrong with the old game, with the old format prior. Just do East versus West. Like I, I just don't get why we, why, why does the NHL need to do this? Like if it was East versus West, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty would make the All Star team. But the fact that 
if you had to only pick one, I think you would have to go with Pacioretty just because of how good he's been all year. And, I mean, he's coming off a four-point game. He's had multiple multi-point games over the course of the last couple of weeks that have kind of solidified his case. I just think if he doesn't make the All-Star team, I don't know when he's ever going to make the All-Star team. Again, he's never done it before. But if he's not going to make it now, when is he going to make it? And I think absolutely, he is absolutely deserving of being in the conversation for one of the locks in the Pacific Division. So I think I think Max Pacioretty has definitely deserved it. I think that he is absolutely worthy of representing the Golden Knights in the All-Star game. And, the, and again, they're going to get two reps because I think with Darcy Kemper out, unless he's out longer term, Marc-Andre Fleury should be getting in there. And... Even even if uh, Mark Andre Fleury uh, gets in with Darcy Kemper, uh, what other goaltender in the Pacific Division is going to uh, go in over Fleury? Maybe Jacob Markstrom, but I, I don't I don't know. So Vegas might get two in by default. But the fact is, is that uh, I think Max Pacioretty is absolutely deserving of an All Star spot. And if he doesn't make it, I think that we need to have a full revamp of the all-star voting process because it's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, I think Max Petretti definitely deserves some love going into the all-star game. All right. We're going to take one look around the league before we get out of here. There were a lot of games last night and uh, let me count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games last night. And let's start with the new second place Vancouver Canucks who go into Calgary and win five to two over the flames. The Canucks are now in second place in the Pacific division, which tells you, I think a couple of things. One, the Pacific division is loaded once again. And two, the, we're going to be seeing a lot of crowdedness in the next probably couple weeks, probably up next month or so. The Canucks are playing good hockey again. They got Thatcher Demko back, and he made 23 saves last night. That's five straight wins for the Canucks, now tied with Arizona for second place with 46 points. Tanner Pearson and Tyler Myers with three points each, each with uh, two goals and an assist. And here come the Canucks, man. I know I talked about them early in the year. I thought they were one of the biggest surprises in the league. Right now, we have we have to start looking at the Canucks. I, I know they're still young. I know that they're still a little bit inexperienced. They're kind of in that Arizona territory, but we got to start watching them a little bit more, man, because they are looking like a very dangerous threat. And again, we're only halfway through the season, so a lot can change. They can have another injury and everything is thrown away. But they've got the talent, man. They get, they got Pedersen. They got you know JT Miller. They got they got Bo Horvat. They got Brock Besser. I mean, they they've got the talent. And if they can start stringing more of this consistent good play together, they're going to be a dangerous team come March and April. So the Canucks are going to be fighting for that division title. So this is why this seven-game homestand for the Golden Knights is so important because they need to start banking in points. And the one way to do that is you got to start winning in your own building. And that's one way for the Golden Knights to kind of get back on track and kind of extend this lead if they can. Uh, speaking of the Coyotes, they choked in the third period last night. Um, two nothing lead going into the third period, and they decided to let the Dallas Stars score four on them in the third period and lose four to two. 
the Coyotes now have lost four of five. That's not good. <laughs> um, I I don't know exactly what has gotten into the Coyotes. Maybe they're still trying to adjust with Taylor Hall, but the, w- you're pretty much playing the same team that you've had for the first you know, 35, 40 games of the season. And the only difference is that you've added a Hart Trophy winner. And so far, it has not produced the way that I think the Coyotes would want to. Taylor Hall scored again last night, but man, the Coyotes, they're really underperforming right now. They they are really underperforming right now, and it's kind of a shocker when you think about it. Uh, but kind of going away from the losers and talking about the winners here, the Stars, with back-to-back impressive wins, first getting a shootout victory over Colorado the night before, and then to come back down 2 nothing and win that game in Arizona... I, I think the Stars, they're they starting to show those flashes again of just how dangerous of a team they can be. And, you know, I'll go back to Arizona for one quick second. They need Darcy Kemper back. I think that's probably the biggest thing is that ever since Darcy Kemper went out, they've struggled. For as much as a respected veteran that is anti-Ranta and for as, for as decent as Aiden Hill possibly can be, they need Kemper back in the worst possible way. Uh, the Florida Panthers have won five out of six, uh, beating the Montreal Canadiens six to five last night. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau with four points, Mike Matheson and Sasha Barkov with three points each, and Bob had 38 saves. I think you can live with that, right? I, I absolutely think you can live with uh, that kind of game, especially knowing how good uh, the uh, Canadians have been throughout the course of the season, or at least solid. I can say they've been solid. Um, but another good win for the Panthers. They, they continue to be very, very solid, uh, to this point now, 2013 and five in the crowded Eastern conference. And it's been a while since we've looked at the standings. Let's take a quick look at the standings here. Uh, the Panthers are third in the Atlantic. So they're, they're hanging around there. If they, I mean, they got to deal with, you know, Tampa probably coming, coming up the rear there, but you know what? I, you got to like what you see from the Panthers right now. They've been they've been very very good uh, to this point. Now third place in the Atlantic Division, and my phone is going off the rails, and I do not know why this is happening. This is very weird. Uh, so let's keep it going here. The Blues four to one victory over the Winnipeg Jets in the early game on Sunday. Uh, the Devils beat the Senators. Jack Hughes with a game winning goal. Narrative for the win. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets extended their point streak to 10 games, but they lost 3-2 to, two to a, in a shootout against the Chicago Blackhawks. But that, again, when you're talking about the Columbus Blue Jackets, you can forget point streaks, you forget winning streaks, you forget all of that. None of that matters because when John Tortorella takes the mic and speaks ether into the existence, oh my God, that rant, it was a, I think it was like a 55-second rant for John Tortorella, didn't take questions afterwards, just spent 55 seconds lambasting the officials and lambasting the whole replay technology. And then they lost Junis Corposalo in the shootout. Like that, to injury, and hopefully it's not long-term because Corposalo's been one of the best goaltenders in the league for the last month, month and a half. Man, just watch John Tortorella talk for 
the minute that he talks. It's absolutely outstanding. Uh, and the other games around the league, the Isles won 3-1 to at Minnesota. The Bruins with a 3-2 victory over Buffalo. Tampa Bay is starting to win again, and they, they're doing so by beating the lesser teams, which I guess is good. 2-1 to over Detroit, and then the Flyers beat the Ducks 2-1 to in overtime, and that is your look around the league. So it's going to be a weird couple of days, I think, based on how the the schedule's looking. So what I'm thinking here is we will be back tomorrow, but it will be an after-game, it will be a post-game pod because the game is so early that I feel like... <clears throat> I feel like we can get away with doing a post-game pod on Tuesday. So we won't be doing anything on, mon- on early in the morning, but we will be back Tuesday to break down the Golden Knights and the Ducks. And then we will be back on Wednesday to get you ready for Thursday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers on the second. So it's going to be a little bit weird with the... Uh, it's going to be a little weird with how the schedule is shaping up for this week, but uh, we'll get it done. Uh, we'll get it done with the with the new year and all this jazz. And again, hopefully I won't be calling it 2019 when we intro it on Wednesday. So we'll, we'll keep that in mind as we go forward. So that is going to do it for us, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I was going to say something and that's totally space. I'm having one of those kind of days. You know what? I'm ready for 2020. I'm officially ready for 2020. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. All the support is greatly appreciated. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow after the game against Anaheim to break it all down and see if the Golden Knights will be at 50 points heading into the new year. So thank you guys. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. 